down the hill for the last time. The marshals acknowledge what's been a very special drive today. In particular, the comeback from the Never Never. It put them out of sequence. They lost all their flexibility with fuel, but a fast car saved the day. On to Conrod straight for the last time with a 3.6 second margin. Cam Waters is gonna make it onto the podium. P2 runner up again for the second year running and a very special moment for Brody Kostecki in position number three for the first time in his career. But now all the focus, the accolades, the applause, the elation, it all belongs to Chaz Mostert. For the second time in his career, he lines it up out of the direction change into Murray's corner now for the final time. Second gear lines it up. The 2021 yeah, Repco Bathurst well 1000 winner is Chaz Mostert. Yeah, well done, Chaz Mostert. Lee Holdsworth, his first ever victory at Mount Panorama. And Ten years after this group last won this major race, they oh, broke through. So Kerr still doesn't get the opportunity for the hat-trick to couch. High should be game over. Sixers have had a great night and finish it. Christian takes the catch. And the Melbourne Stars have been absolutely destroyed by the Sydney Sixers. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Matthew Talks About Sport podcast. I am Matthew and joined with me again this week is Daniel. Welcome. Thank you for having me. No worries. And uh, this week we're talking about some of the stuff that's gone on in sport, uh, the the supercars, the Bathurst 1000, uh, the F1 in Jeddah in Saudi Arabia, and of course the cricket, the start of the Big Bash and the Ashes. Uh, we are recording this during the tea break, um, just for context for where we're up to. So if we don't talk about something that's happened or, you know, something, that's why. Um, but we're going to start with the Bathurst 1000, and it was quite an interesting uh, race weekend with uh, Mostert winning uh, the race and picking up pole. Um, it was a really good performance from him over the weekend, wasn't it? Yeah, they were strong all week. Um, Mostert, since practice, he was the fastest, Tim and Waters. Um, he managed to snatch pole, and he went on to win it. The pace that him and Lee Holsworth, his co-driver, had was just immense. They Holsworth was actually set the fastest lap of the race for a good while um, at the start, and he's the um, co-driver. Uh, lots of the co-drivers, there were um, most of them were like the, the commentators referenced them. There's co-drivers, which are normally the B drivers, but some of those co-drivers are A drivers, like Lee Holsworth, Garth Tander, and Craig Lowndes. And Holsworth managed to get the best out of the car. Um, Mostert picking up the pole in the um, picking up pole in the top ten shootout. Wink up in his last ever race uh, missed out on the shootout, but he um, came back through the field um, in the race. And lots of safety cars at Bathurst. Yeah, it was certainly interesting with the safety cars. Um... I personally think that the first the the first one in a string of them, it wasn't the first one for the day, uh, was caused by an echidna walking onto the track, which was interesting. And I genuinely think that that echidna just changed the result of Bathurst because it, if not for that safety car, there's probably 
you know, a different way the race progresses after that. And it was one of those sliding doors moments where one something just sneaks onto the track. It was uh, it was quite incredible, wasn't it? Yeah, very Australian and the kidna getting onto the track. Um, there's been kangaroos on the track before. Um, and yeah, it did it did change the race because after that safety car stopped, um, I think it was the, this one, uh, Brock Feeney went into the wall up at Skyline. Um, a really strong showing by um, the young gun. It's really promising that he's got that pace. He was running in the top 10 looking for a top 10 finish and he was only a wild card. Um, and like, it was, it's such a shame that he crashed, but that's really promising for him and Red Bull going to into next season where he'll replace Winkup. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks for that. And uh, of course, two of the best drivers all year, certainly the best two since the restart after the COVID lockdowns were Shane Van Gisbergen and Dee Pasquale. Um, they both had uh, disappointing finishes to their day. Uh, they just pushed the car too hard and it didn't hold up to what they needed it to do. Uh, what do you think of their races on Sunday? Um, yeah, so Van Gisbergen, really, he was the only one that was going to catch Mostert and even him. He was Even then, he was, uh, he was struggling to keep up. Uh, he got the same... Issue the um tire delaminated uh same issue as Mostert Mostert had that earlier in the day and still managed to claw his way back to first uh but this for Van Gisbergen it was right at the end so he ended up coming um in the late teens and De Pasquale just had a power issue he um had no drive for the car he could still um change gears but the car had no um no power yeah yeah certainly uh disappointing races for them but they can both look back on the season they had with uh with joy and delight and they can push forward to next year and uh the last thing there is to talk about uh from Bathurst was Jamie Winkup is now gone from supercars until the next Enduro Cup when he'll be a backup driver but uh he's he's retiring as a as a main driver he's focusing on uh well I think he's retiring from racing altogether he you know he's doesn't compete in any other series and uh, he, he certainly finished well coming, coming fourth uh, definitely could have been higher if not for, for the double stack. what do you think of his race? Yeah, it was really um, good. He came from 11th on the grid with um, Craig Lowndes, the um, dynamic duo. He clawed his way up into the top 10. Then they had a double stack, which was unfortunate, but um, then he managed to get his way back up to fourth. The team really wanted to give him a final send-off with a podium, but it'll be okay. Um, this week, Winkup was um, given uh, two awards. One was that he was accepted into the Hall of Fame for drivers, and the other one is he got the driver's driver, which was voted on all of, by on all of his peers. Um, he, he goes out as a champion. I think he's the GOAT of um, supercars. Over a hundred wins, seven world, uh, seven championships. Um, it's a shame that he didn't get that final one, but Giz has had such a good grip on the championship, um, and he will go into next year um, with like this absence in his life. But he's also going to become a father. He's still there. He owns the team pretty much. He doesn't own the team, but he's um, taking over as with Roland Dane for the, um, I guess being at the track as team boss 
and he'll be back for the Enduros as co-driver for either Shane or Brock. Um, but yeah, his career has been very dominant and he's definitely the goat of supercars. Yeah, he's just had a fantastic career and uh, it's a sad day uh, to see him retire and uh, to think that we we won't see this great talent uh, on a racetrack as a main driver again. Uh, but it's also uh, such a joyous occasion as we can remember what he's done uh, throughout the years. He's just been excellent and the, the supercars racing scene really will be different without him. Uh, he's definitely a pioneer for the sport. Um, he's one of he's won a, a lot of Bathists as well. Um, he's up there with Craig Lowndes and Peter Brock and those sorts of people uh, for just a, a great, uh, you know, always winning the, the big races. And uh, it'll be sad to see him go. But uh, that'll bring us to the end of the supercars segment. And uh, next up, still in motorsport, sorry, we're going to our F1. And uh, before we talk about the actual results of the race and the qualifying and all that, there were some issues with the track. Uh, it's a 27-corner track. It's one of the longest and it's one of the quickest. Um, so between those things, it can often lead to very dangerous situations. And uh, we saw a Leclerc crash in practice, Verstappen crash in qualifying. There were lots of red flags during the race. Uh, do, you, do you think the, the concerns about the safety of this track were correct? Do you think that there are uh, issues regarding this track, Daniel? Uh, as you said, it's um, quite long and it is the quickest street circuit that they visit. Um, if the danger comes from the amount of high-speed corners and the easy, uh, like it's very easy to lose the rear and spin the car. Um, lots of the red flags... Like I th uh, two of the crashes were from a restart um, and that's when like the drivers are going for it, trying to, um, they're trying to uh, take places and all that. Um, so I think it, it is a bit dangerous, but it's not too dangerous. Um, like you saw, like Verstappen did lose the rear and that's what ruined his quality back, but he was really pushing. Um, it, you would have seen like uh, Bottas, Ricardo, um, Gasly, or, or most of the drivers. They didn't crash. It was just like when it got really, um, when it got really uh, picky and trying to make moves. Um, the only crash was Mick Schumacher in the race where he just lost the rears, which had happened earlier in practice. Um, so it's a bit dangerous, but it's not too dangerous for them not to go back. Yeah, um, and I think, I mean, as a selfish fan sitting on my butt from home, the, the danger's a bit entertaining, you know, to see these drivers just drive and getting so close to just crashing and injuring themselves, but they just push on and keep going. It's, it's definitely entertaining, if not a little scary and dark. Um, but now let's get into what actually happened. So uh, in qualifying, we mentioned that Verstappen had a crash, but why don't you tell us about what happened uh, in the qualifying sessions on Saturday night? Um, yeah, so Quali, uh, Hamilton and Bottas had a front row lockout um, while Verstappen was in his final and last run. Verstappen's last run, he had two purple sectors. He was going to go to the top. Um, but he just carried a bit too much momentum into the final banking corner, which was the hairpin. Got into the power a bit too early, and um, the left, the rear right just went into the wall. He, um, I think he broke 
the suspension or the wishbone, um, which put him out of quality. So it was a one-two for Mercedes, and Verstappen started third. Um, and yeah, that was that was um, the top three for quality. Yeah, it was certainly an entertaining quality. Um, I was watching it on my phone, just the highlights the next day, and I didn't know what was going to happen. And I was watching it, and uh, I personally hope Verstappen does win it. I like seeing a new guy win win something and the underdog win, um, especially against a seven-time world champion. And so I was kind of rooting for him and hoping he'd do it. And he, he almost had a crash in the first sector, and I thought that would affect him, but still two purple sectors – um, it's just driving incredibly. And uh, I was just, you were watching it and every corner you thought, surely, surely, oh, he got through that so well. And you just thought he was going to crash, but he wasn't. And it got to the last corner and you just thought, well, he, he must be so far ahead of Lewis. Surely, you know, just, just, just get through the corner and accelerate to the finish. That's all he had to do. And you, you just, you watched it and then you see him crash and just the moment of just, oh no, he's just lost himself pole position. It was It was so dramatic. Um, and it was one of the great moments of the season on the F1. Uh, but then of course, you know, qualifying, it, it matters, but it's not the most important thing. The most important thing is the race. So why don't you, uh, you tell us a bit about what happened uh, throughout that? Yeah, so the race. This is one of the most eventful races I have ever seen. Um, so Verstappen, the, the lights go out. Um, Hamilton takes the lead into turn one. Bottas is behind him, I think. Uh, Verstappen's in there as well. Um, they're going through, and then um, a bit later on, Mick Schumacher has a spin, goes into the wall. They go under safety car. The two Mercedes go into the pits, so Hamilton goes into the pits first. Bottas slows the pack down so that they won't double stack. Um, Bottas goes in pits. Verstappen stays out. So this would have hurt him if the next thing didn't happen. If there was just a safety car and it went green and it was all fine, uh, Verstappen would have been a pit stop behind of the two Mercedes. Uh, But it didn't happen. A red flag came out. And under the rules and regulations of red flags, teams are allowed to replace any um, damage on the cars, which nobody had. Um, but they're also allowed to change the tyre compound, which gave um, – so Mercedes took it under the safety car, which gave them a reduced pit stop um, with the time what lost. Uh, Red Bull essentially got a free pit stop under Red Flag. Um, so that ha- that all happened. Um, then we got uh, – we had the restart. Uh, it was Max and Hamilton 1 and 2, I think. Uh, they go off and they um, start off. I think like Verstappen probably led into it. Um, then yeah, Verstappen and, and Hamilton. And um, Ocon Hamilton came, came up too, didn't he? Yeah, Ocon came up as well. Um, then like it was very eventful. It's all very clouded. <laughs> um, and then uh, Verstappen and Hamilton came into the turn one. They made a bit of contact. Verstappen maintained a lead. Um, this was after the second red flag because there was a second red flag. Um, Ocon uh, had a shot at Hamilton off the first restart, which um, ended up with Verstappen. It ended up with some contact. Verstappen uh, was second and Ocon actually took the lead. 
Um, and then for the, there was another red flag because Sergio Perez um, made contact with Leclerc, um, taking out um, Perez. Uh, Mazepin got taken out, and so did George Russell. Um, but uh, Michael Massey, who was the F1 uh, director, offered Red Bull to take because um, Verstappen had caused a little incident with um, Hamilton. They said that he could, um, instead of going to the stewards, they could replace a uh, swap, um, go behind Hamilton, um, which they accepted. Um, that so got Verstappen going. started at P3 at the restart behind Ocon and Hamilton? Yeah. When he um, was, when if no incidents happened, he would have been ahead of Hamilton. Yes. Yeah. Okay. Um, and then there was some more stuff. Uh, Verstappen went off the road defending from Hamilton. He braked a lot later and gained a lasting advantage, which eventually ended up in him getting a five second time penalty. Um, so Red Bull weren't a, like, that was going to give Hamilton the win and Red Bull weren't actually able to make a pit stop to go for fastest lap because that would have, um, exposed them to Ocon. Uh, and then before the time penalty was given, Verstappen was told by the team, okay, let's, um, give Hamilton the position back. So down the back straight, uh, Verstappen tried to give Hamilton the position. He slowed all the way down and Hamilton um, ran into the back of him because he didn't know what was going on. Um, and Verstappen was then given a further five-second penalty. So he only – he um, or a 10-second penalty. So he came second. Hamilton wins. And they are now even on points going into the last round of the season at, at the new Abu Dhabi circuit. Wow, that uh, that is a lot of drama. Uh, one other thing that was interesting, I th- think you forgot to mention, was the Bottas and Verstappen incident earlier on. Bottas had a really interesting race, starting in P2, and when they went in for the first round of pit stops, Bottas didn't want to double stack with Hamilton, so he tried to slow down Verstappen, um, but Verstappen was quicker than him because he'd already had his pit stop, and so... Bottas didn't want to go into the pit because he'd get stuck. So he slowed down and there was a bit of an incident there. Um, and then later on through the restarts, Bottas fell down the pack uh, and then managed to come back up, uh, even knocking, I think he got up to P4, um, which was a P3 even uh, past, past Ocon, uh, which was a bit disappointing considering the fact that as Aussies, Daniel Ricciardo was in P4. And he got relegated down to P5, but it's still his best performance in a few races. But that was just a, a weekend of drama. And it's going to be even better this weekend at the new Abu Dhabi circuit. Uh, it's all going to be even. Can we get the the prediction to beat all predictions? It's just whoever does better in this race wins the championship. Who do you think will be the 2021 F1 champion, Daniel? I think Hamilton will get it done. The um, straight line speed of the um, Mercedes is really good. Um, Though saying that, I'm not quite sure what the performance will be. Um, I'm not sure if Red Bull are, like, really good at Abu Dhabi. Um, But, yeah, I think if it's based on straight line speed, the Mercedes will get it done. They've got the best straight line speed. I think uh, Hamilton's using quite a new um, power unit. Uh, it's not brand new, but it's quite new. It's um a few rate only a few races old. 
Yeah, right. Yeah, uh, I think I'd have to agree with you and go with Hamilton uh, will will win out um, in the the championship, uh, which will knock him ahead of of Schumacher um, in the the overall titles. Uh, you know, leaderboard, he'll go up to eight. Schumacher's still in seven. Um, but it's definitely been a great season for Verstappen regardless. But we're going to move on now to cricket, and we'll start with the big bash. And, well, we start off with a bang on Sunday night. Why don't you tell us your perceptions of the Sixers-Stars game? Um, okay, yeah. So uh, I think the Sixers batted first, if I'm correct. Um, so... Uh, yep, Philippi and Vince opened up. They got a beautiful partnership. Henrika's also really good. Um, and so was... And then they um, sent Christian in and um, Curran. Uh, the Sixers, like, posted their best um, score at... Their best score. And it was also the um, high score scored at the SCG for Big Bash. Um, and then the Strikers... Uh, no, the Stars. The Stars went in. And they just collapsed, um, and the Sixers won by quite a lot of runs. Yeah, it was it was just total and utter domination from the Sixers. Philippi got eighty three, Enriquez got in the seventies. I think he got seventy six, if I recall correctly. And Vince had a good forty odd or fifty odd. Um, they were really dominant, um, and that'll bring us to this week's stat of the week which is that that uh, game is now the biggest margin by runs in a Big Bash game. Sixers winning by 152 runs against the Stars uh, in the 21-22 season, obviously, which beats out the Sixers last year against the other Melbourne team, the Renegades, which was a 145-run victory. And also last year, just two weeks after that game, the Thunder also beat the Renegades, and that's the third game. Um and that was 129 runs. Also, interestingly, the fourth game uh, was the Stars. So they've had the biggest loss, but also the fourth biggest win. And that was again against the Renegades back in the 14-15 season. So the Renegades really have had some disappointing uh, big losses. They've also got the sixth biggest, but not the fifth. Um, so they're it, it, And the eighth biggest. So it must be a hard time being a Renegades fan. Uh, they just get smashed so often. Um, but the top three all happened within a year of each other from the 13th of December, 2020 to the 5th of December, 2021. Um, so there are just some, some fun stats for you. Uh, if you're a Sixers fan, if you're a Stars or a Renegades fan, maybe less so. Um, but then uh, the, the next game on Monday night, the Thunder against the Heat and uh, my team, the Thunder, got off to a really good start to the season playing against the Heat. Uh, they, they bowled well, kept the heat to about 140-odd, got Lin out early, uh, which is always important. Uh, Garinda Sandu back at the Thunder. Um, he's someone who's played for us a few years back, as well as Daniel Sams at his usual best. Chris Green, Tanvi Sanger, they all played well. And, uh, and then the Thunder, they lost a couple of early wickets, but Ross and Billings just stabilised. Ross had a good innings, getting 60-odd. Uh, Billings got 40 or 50, uh, which was good. What what did you think of that game on the Monday, Daniel? Um, yeah, it, it was pretty good. Um, it was important for them to get uh, Lin out um, quite early. Um, we know the destructive power of him. Um, but, yeah, the Thunder, um, quite solid. 
Um, and now they're second on the leader, um, tied with points with the Sixers, I believe. Uh, yeah, yeah, that is correct. Uh, and then last night's game, the Renegades against the Strikers, uh, it'll go down as a, as a pretty good game, I reckon, down at, down at Marvel Stadium. Um, the, the Renegades batted first, uh, posted 153, and the Strikers just couldn't get there in reply. And those two teams play their second game against each other uh, tomorrow night, actually. Um, so, you know, a bit of a quick rebound for them. Um, but that it was it was a really entertaining game um, for one main reason in particular, which was one of the best catches we have ever seen uh, from Jake Fraser McGurk on the boundary. It was just smashed and it looked like it was going over his head and he just put out one hand really far back and managed to keep it in within play. Uh, did you see that catch, Daniel? And uh, it was certainly a spectacular one, wasn't it? Yeah, it, it was one of the best catches. He just stuck his hand out um, for hope, and he managed to take it, and then um, quite a nice celebration. Um, but, yeah, that, it was a good hit, and it was going to go for six any, um, if it wasn't taken. So really good catch. Yeah, yeah, it was. And uh, looking forward uh, in the Big Bash, tonight there's two games. The Hurricanes versus the Sixers down in Tassie. It's the Hurricanes uh, season opener. Uh, and then the Scorchers uh, play their uh, opening game against the Heat as well over in Perth. So those two teams get their first games in. The Sixers and Heat get their second game. And then the Strikers play the Renegades tomorrow. Uh, like I said, that'll be in Adelaide. Stars and Thunder on Friday night at the MCG. Uh, so that'll bring those teams all up to two games. Uh, and then the Sixers play the Hurricanes and the Scorchers play the Strikers uh, on Saturday night. Um, that is a double header, so you might want to check that out. Uh, Sunday, Thunder play the Stars. Monday, it is Heat Renegades. Tuesday, Hurricanes, Scorchers. Uh, and then next Wednesday, we'll talk about all those games. Um, but there's certainly a lot to look forward to next week. Uh, double headers uh, between the Strikers and Renegades, uh, the Sixers and Hurricanes, uh, the Thunder and Stars. Uh, it's going to be interesting to see if the, the Thunder can beat the Stars like the Sixers did. Uh, are there any of those games that particularly stand out to you, Daniel? Um, I, I think they'll all be um, quite interesting. Um, we'll get a sense of which teams are really on top um, in the next week or so. Um, so yeah, all of them will be, um, quite interesting. Yeah. But, uh, now we're going to move on to the ashes, which is of course started today up at the Gabba. Um, as we speak, they are in the tea break, uh, and there's a rain delay. Uh, so it's, uh, extended for a bit, but we can talk about what's happened so far. And it was just the perfect start, um, for Australia. But before we get into the actual gameplay, uh, shock selection choices from England uh, in quite possibly the best pace pitch in Australia and Stuart Broad and Jimmy Anderson aren't playing. What do you think of that decision, Daniel? Um, yeah, it's it's a big decision. Uh, Broad and Anderson, quite two of their really good bowlers. Um, I was surprised. I was um, looking through the, like, looking for Broad and um, it flashed up, the scorecard flashed up on the, um, screen and I saw that it, what he wasn't there and I was I was quite surprised 
Yeah, but uh, now into the actual game. And uh, and the first ball is one of the best balls I've seen. Mitchell Stark bowling an in-swinger just gets Rory Burns out around his legs. This is, of course, Rory Burns' Ashes debut and uh, debut in Australia. So that's a really poor way to start. Uh, it's just one of the great balls. Um, don't, don't you think that that was uh, really good? What are your thoughts on that, Daniel? Yeah, the amount of swing that um, Stark was able to get for it to go around his legs and take out leg stump, um, really good way to get Australia off to um, the season. Um, and, yeah, it was really good. He always gets quite a lot of swing, um, and it was per- a perfect delivery. Yeah, and, uh, of course, uh, the the other major fast bowlers, Josh Hazelwood and Paddy Cummins, they both had fantastic innings as well. Uh, Hazelwood got out uh, Milan and then Root, um, and he got two really early wickets, uh, helped helped get us up on the front foot at three for 11 um, before Cummins chipped in. Uh, he got it to four for 29 um, in the in the 13th over, and eventually Cummins got a five for. Um, they, they both had really good uh, innings, didn't they? Yeah, it's really good to see that our um, bowling attack is um, still as strong as it has always been. Um, and um, that's really good for the next few innings and um, the tests to come to know that we've got such a strong and um, fast uh, bowling attack of paces. Yeah, yeah. And uh, uh, unfortunately, Nathan Lyon wasn't able to get a wicket. Uh, definitely was more of a paces pitch. Uh, but the other wicket went to someone who's played four games, hadn't gotten a test wicket yet, uh, went to Cameron Green, and uh, Josh Hazelwood took a, a really fantastic catch in the deep. Uh, must be such a relief for Green to get his first wicket. Yeah, yeah. It's always a really good relief to get your first wicket, whether it be like club cricket or um, and Ashes or um, test. Um, and, yeah, that, that'll be good. He'll get the, uh, um, the worries out of the way. Um, and I think he's... He's really good in the field. He's really good with a bat, and he, now he's really good with the um ball. He's quite a good all-rounder for Australia. Yeah, yeah. And uh, it certainly was a great first two sessions uh, for Australia uh, against England. We bowled them out for 147 uh, and in two sessions as well. It was just a really great bowling performance, especially from the pace bowlers. Um, lots of swing lots of bounce. It was just a really good performance. Uh, so to finish up, I guess we'll do a mini power rankings. Um, sorry, I'm just surprising you with this. Uh, but of course, it's Australia versus England. So why don't we just give their first innings a rating out of 10? Um, so just give Australia a rating and England a rating for how they performed so far. Um, so England's batting, um, probably around a seven, like they could have gotten more. Um, but I think, uh, once they had lost those early wickets, they did pretty well to, um, salvage it, um, with Pope and I think it was, uh, Butler, uh, it was Butler. Yeah. Yeah. Butler. Um, and then Australia, um, probably up near nine. Um, it's a perfect start and they just kept the pressure on, um, England. So yeah. 
Yeah, for me, I'd probably give England like a four or a five. I'll go with a five. Um, I think, like you said, they recovered it all right, but it just wasn't good enough. Root got out for a duck. Burns got out for a duck. Stokes got five. Milan got six. Uh, Hamid had a decent innings, getting to 25. Uh, he batted a bit like Pajara. Uh, he was able to kind of steady the tide a bit. Um, and, you know, Pope and Butler went all right, but they just they, they needed someone to stand up. And unfortunately for them, no one did it for that long. Uh, and from an Australian perspective, I think I have to agree with you and give them a nine. It was just a perfect uh, bowling performance. Uh, but do you have any uh, closing comments for this week's episode? Um, uh, it's going to be interesting to see how the um, test plays out, the um, the various uh, Big Bash games, and definitely going to be interesting to see who takes out the World Championship in F1. Yeah, I think that sums up the next week pretty well. It's going to be exciting. You should all check it out. Uh, it'll all be on KO. Um, the F1 is exclusively on KO in Australia. It's also at 1am on Monday morning. Uh, the test match, that's on 7 or on Fox or KO. Uh, it'll start at 11, go through to around 6 or 7 each day. You can just sit yourself in front of that. And the big bash uh, will be around 6 or 7 o'clock each night. So uh, you should check that out. But uh, thanks for joining me, Daniel. Thank you. And uh, thanks uh, to uh, the listeners for listening to this episode. Uh, and please follow us on Instagram at MTA Sport Podcast and keep coming back to the Matthew Talks About Sport Podcast. Thank you.